Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Five Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. In the news this week, Dell have announced their plans to go publicly listed again. About five years ago, they went from publicly listed to private. In that five years, a lot happened. Michael Dell worked and reinvigorated the company with some key acquisitions and alignments, such as those with EMC and VMware. CNN Money pointed out the struggles of Dell in the PC market without pointing out that Dell and other hardware manufacturers actually had their best sales in years and it appears many have yet to get away from their laptops. As well as the VMware and EMC developments, Dell have been investing in cloud computing and other growth areas. With EMC killing it in HCI, VMware's stack going from strength to strength and Dell's hardware actually having its strongest performance in some time, things look pretty good at least in current day. It will be interesting to see how investors will favor the new revamped Dell. Michael Dell holds 72% of Dell Technologies common shares and will remain as chairman and CEO. On a previous episode of this podcast, I reported on stories suggesting Dell were planning somewhat of a backdoor route by going under VMware to re-enter the market, but it appears that will not be the case with VMware remaining unaffected, at least for now. FlexAero released a vulnerability review report. If you haven't been paying attention, FlexAero acquired Secunia and have been expanding their offering into more of an overall lifecycle and environment management suite. Through their products and services, they provide security advisories and notifications to provide real-time information as well as these kinds of reports. This particular report focused on vulnerabilities introduced by desktop applications. In the report, it suggested that desktop applications are extremely vulnerable to attack via the internet, making them attractive targets. 94% of advisories relating to desktop apps could be exploited through the internet without any interaction with the user or the need for them to take any action. With 65% of vulnerabilities coming from non-Microsoft desktop apps means there's little Windows updates can do to protect you from this. Of course, with this report, Flexera are selling themselves here, but it is very interesting and raises the point that security must be much more than just a patching review board. In keeping with some InfoSec news, it appears an old bug in Google Chrome is rearing its ugly head once more, with Ars Technica reporting that scammers are pushing a tech support scam which attempts to trick users into calling a support number for help, thinking they've been infected by a virus and spyware. It also freezes the browser. Now for the tech savvy, there isn't any reason to panic. A quick force quit to kill process or via task manager killing it on Windows will kill the browser and close it out. It was believed this was fixed in Chrome version 65 in mid-February, however it has been reported that the bug has resurfaced with the release of Chrome 67 and is actively being exploited. A Google representative said, we are aware of the issue and are working on addressing it. The issue is also present in Firefox and a Firefox or Mozilla representative said, we do intend to address this item. We are working towards completion of our Q3 priorities and this is among them. This update will be pushed to nightly for verification of the fix's efficacy. The bug reporter will automatically be notified of that work in process. So it looks like it's on the radar for both Mozilla and Google. In some other Google news, Google Cloud COO Diane Bryant has resigned from her position. 
You may recall in the special 25-minute edition of this very podcast, which highlighted some of the announcements from Citrix Synergy, I covered how Diane featured on stage during the keynote talking about the Citrix-Google partnership and their joint offerings. Google Cloud has been on the up, so I'm sure it's a shame for them to lose her. Having spent much of her career at Intel, it's rumored that she will become the new Intel CEO after former CEO Brian Kasnick stepped down after being embroiled in controversy due to a relationship with an employee. The godfather of AppV, Tim Mangan, who is a longtime Microsoft MVP and Citrix CTP, and who is an amazing contributor to the community, has in the past released many great free community tools. Well, Tim has now ventured into the software sales game by offering a new great product called TM Edit. TM Edit builds on Tim's successful and popular AppV Manage tool, which I featured on this podcast in one of the scripts, tricks, and tips segments. This adds to AppV Manage by streamlining the functions, making both automated and manual changes to packages directly. If you work with AppV, you'll no doubt find it a pain in the ass to spin up VMs, copy your package, and open in the sequencer to make edits in what is a very limited UI, or worse still, make some changes in the UI that just don't stick due to bugs in the product. TMEdit offers a much more robust and user-friendly tool for this, as well as a tool which adds Tim's own expertise through automated package fixes. I will share links for the tool on 5bytespodcast.com under links, for this episode and in the YouTube description. Congrats, Tim. Windows insiders will notice an update to regedit in the latest preview of Windows 10. You can now navigate the registry via an address bar similar to an IE and Explorer. Along with the upcoming PowerShell and Explorer tabs and other UI improvements, it seems Microsoft are looking at some of the really old dialog screens which haven't received much love in past OS releases. I'm really loving these new improvements. Numescent have released version 9.1.3 of their cloud paging product, which is a player-only maintenance release containing bug fixes. That's available on their SFTP share. Finally in the news, congrats to my fellow Citrix community members, James Rankin and Kevin Howell, on Howell Technology Group's launch of their secure digital workspace. The workspace is a single centralized, easy-to-manage cloud platform which delivers anytime, anywhere access to all applications, services, and resources across all devices, which also means lower operation and maintenance costs. With this workspace, HTG are offering a platform for bringing an organization's IT assets to the cloud and provide the flexibility and awesome end-user experience you get with workspaces. With key partnerships including CloudHouse, FSLogix, and numerous others, HTG have all the makings of a winning platform. Congrats again, guys. You've got mail. And now I want to address some mail I got this week. So dipping into my virtual mailbag. And by the way, this won't be in every week's segment, as most of the email questions I get, which I get actually a lot of, hashtag humble brag, I guess. Um, but most of the questions I get are related to app layering and app virtualization. So if I did this every week, it would get really repetitive. But I figured I'd give it a try. So I got an email this week via my website from somebody who is trying to sequence the VMware Horizon client version 4.8 with AppV. But it wasn't working with their smart cards. If you have devices which use COM to communicate with your AppV applications, you'll want to go to the Advanced tab in the sequencer and check the box to allow this. If someone's not familiar with AppV, they probably wouldn't know 
to do this and they wouldn't know what that option is for. But that's an example of what that checkbox can enable you to achieve. And now for this episode's hot job. Riverbed are looking for a digital performance management specialist in Amsterdam. The chosen applicant will support and lead large-scale enterprise transactions, engage regularly and proactively with SE and sales leadership, demonstrate the value of their solutions, and must be willing to travel within the Netherlands and internationally as required. The suitable candidate will have pre-sales experience, awareness of end-user and app performance problems, have fluent native French or Dutch, and also requires some specific tech experience in the likes of AWS, Azure, Docker, Kubernetes, HTML, CSS, Python, Office 365 and Windows 10 migrations, SCCM, or numerous others. Experience is not required in all of these, but they do ask that you have some knowledge and experience in at least two of the technical areas listed on their site. And I haven't read out all of these. If you want a full list, you can read more under the links on 5bytespodcast.com for this episode, which is episode 27, and in the YouTube description. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. My fellow CTP, Patrick Hobel, has been tweeting a lot lately with tips on how to secure your VDI. He's been posting these tips, which he's been tweeting out, into a single blog post. This is a one-stop shop for locking down and securing your virtual desktops. It's well worth a look. Even if you think you've got everything as tight as can be, it's worth reviewing. I'll bet you learn something new. And at the risk of repeating myself, I will share links as I always do. If you'd like to sign up for my infrequent newsletter, you can do so in the footer of 5bytespodcast.com. I'm hoping to run a competition starting late summer or early fall, so sign up to get info on that and a lot more. As always, thanks so much for listening.